Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and right next to me, I have Mr. Andre Silva. We are your favorite daily Florida State podcasts slash YouTube show. And thanks to the following, we are about to become a YouTube show slash podcast. If you're joining us for the first time ever, welcome. We give you all the fan perspective. We are fans first, people second, podcasters third. And we're going to talk about, well, not ourselves, but you guys. We're going to do listener questions. We got them queued up on YouTube. If you hear something you want to elaborate on, leave it in the comments below and we'll get to you next time. But Drizzy, that's enough about us. Let's get to the people. Roll the video. Let's answer some questions. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, again, if it is your first show, I'm Max, that's Drake. We've been covering the team for 18 months now. We both went to Florida State. I grew up in Tallahassee, longtime fan. And now pretty much we're longtime content creators. We love doing this every single day, Monday through Friday. Make sure that you subscribe if you're on YouTube. You follow us if you're on the podcast. YouTube bell up top that turns on notifications like the individual video. And comment below what you're thinking. We love to engage. We love to talk with y'all. And we love to shuffle our backgrounds around until we get it lined up. Out of boy, Drizzy, you are the hostess with the mostest. It's not his fault. It's this production software we use. Anyway, buddy, I know you've been going through all day, finding listener questions for us, really like curating, you know, finding that good, good. So what do we got? So I think this is a good one right here. Actually, it goes to what you believe is going to be a win that we get against LSU. So Philip Wilkins says, no way I'm falling for any hype this season. That's fair. fair. Been way too many years. I've seen eight wins possibly happen at this time of the year, and it's not happened. LSU's game one is is not an easy game for FSU or sorry, for us. FSU has lost season opener for so many years. I've lost faith. Adding Kelly has had teams that have beaten FSU in the past. This new LSU coaching staff will be hard to beat. And I will point out, Nicholas Stewart, shout out to you. You corrected him. We play LSU second after David Duquesne. So I kind of want to know your thoughts on actually playing LSU that early in the season. Well, a couple things. One, I have long been a huge proponent of playing a cupcake and then playing this kind of game. I don't like opening against good teams. I like playing them early in the year, week two, or even week three, a la Oregon and Ohio State last year. I think it's early enough where you can still rebound from a loss, but I think it's good to get on the get on the field with live bullets and let football be football and see how your team reacts before you go out against a great team. In fact... Some of y'all have heard Max Moody's proposal to revamp spring games. I think we should get rid of spring games, and I think we should get rid of uh, payday games. And I think we should pay an FCS team to come play us in the spring and have that be our spring game. That way you don't risk your starters getting a season-ending injury like Derwin James against an FCS team, and you don't have the weird pointless practice game, and it's kind of like a jamboree when you're in high school. Makes the FCS school some money. They don't have to risk injury during the season. And again, it's like the spring and you can see Florida State play a team that's not Florida State. Nonetheless, I like that we are scheduling teams like LSU. I like even more Michael Alford's comments about he wants to get rid of the neutral site, right? He wants to go to home and homes. I think it's ridiculous that we're playing LSU in New Orleans 
And then they come here and we play in Orlando. Now, I get it. Orlando is closer to Tallahassee than it is to New Orleans, but most alumni don't live in Tallahassee anyway. And a plane ride from New Orleans to Orlando, not that far. So I think that's stupid. But other than that, I like the matchup. I like the guts. And I just, I don't, I don't disagree that it'll be a good, it'll be a good coaching staff, but I don't think the roster is going to be that great. Um, I don't know. I don't want to, it's not a full LSU preview. We'll do that later in the season, but I'm not falling for hype. I just think it's a winnable game. I mean, I think it's a winnable game, but I think Brian Kelly has shown that he's able to shred an out of fuller defense. And that's kind of where my sticking point is. And I do think LSU is actually a much talent, more talented team than us. You know, they beat Texas A&M last year. They were a little bit closer to Alabama than most teams for the entire year. But also I do agree. I like the tuna game a lot more. I actually do like your idea. A lot of warmed up to it a, a lot more with, Bringing the FCS team in the spring because it does still give them the avenue to make the money, make that pay, payday. My concern might be for safety reasons because if a spring game, you're a lot more, you call the player to be down, whether it be the QB or there was something else to be down with or that FCS teams, it might be a little more intense because it's more, a little more realistic. And then with the home and home and neutral side games, I don't know how I feel about that because I do know for certain programs, you actually make a lot more money with the neutral side games when it comes to ticket revenue, concessions, actually opposed to a home and home depending on actually where the state where you are i would just have to know how fsu does that when it comes to you know receiving revenues from the actual game itself but i do agree with that you know overall and I, but i do think lsu will be the first loss of the season yeah i mean look it, but i i also would be remiss if i didn't point out that it's not just about florida state right there there's the local economy of tallahassee makes a lot of money off of these games and i think that there's That's just like I, i'm looking across i mean folks if you want to see my office it's not fully done yet but like i look across right and I get my picture of Doak Campbell. I mean, that is, I know I'm going to put stuff on that wall. There's going to be a couch there. But like that is, in my opinion, the best place to play college football on the entire planet. And it's like, why when you have that atmosphere and you've got that stadium, would you willingly go play in not even like the bounce house? You're playing in the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Come on, man. Like, give me a break. That's just, that's just dumb. But hey, nonetheless, moving on, uh, I, I do think, I'm not going to go down that road. I think there are much dumber games on your future schedule than LSU. I think even for when, for when the game was scheduled, it made sense. And I think even now it still makes sense. You have two teams, both projected to win between seven and nine games lining up against each other. I don't think either team is substantially overmatched. I think you're right, Drake. They're, they're a little more talented. Their coaching staff might be a little better, but they've also had less time together. So I'd like to point out that last year, sorry, last point, Brian Kelly had a much better team in top five Notre Dame, whose only loss was to playoff contender Cincinnati or playoff participant Cincinnati than he will at LSU. Like they're, they're going through a bit of a rebuild there. So um, I think Brian Kelly can out coach Mike Norvell. I just don't know if he can with the team he's inheriting. So, and folks, if you are like Brian Kelly and you just walked into a situation, you don't know what you got in your business. Well, you need visibility. Imagine trying to putt to win a tournament and you're lined up over the ball, and, you're, and in your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. If that's how you're running your business, relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software, it's not going to go well for you. So you need to upgrade to NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. NetSuite by Oracle gives you visibility and control over your financials, your inventory, your HR, your planning, budgeting, and more. And it's all you need to grow in one place. And right now, NetSuite is giving you the opportunity to join the 28,000 businesses already using NetSuite 
with special new year financing. If you go to netsuite.com slash locked. So if you're listening to this and you have a business and you want it to grow and you know that visibility is a big part of what's holding you back, go to netsuite.com slash locked. So Will Hart actually has a great comment here. I think we should talk about a little bit more. You're going to hear Travis to write a lot this fall, providing Travis stays healthy. So I kind of want to ask you, out of all the skill position players that we've gotten out of the portal, who do you think we're going to actually probably hear the most on Saturdays? Uh, I'm going to give you two answers. Catches and yardage. Name, if we're talking times that the name is announced, yes. I think Winston Wright Jr. from West Virginia, the transfer that just came in, is going to be a prominent part of this passing attack. I believe he had, what, 650 yards last year. He would have been our number one receiver by, like, almost a 2x multiple. He is a good slot guy. He's fast. He can move. There's really not much to not like about him. Uh, I think that touchdowns, you're going to see big guys get involved because it was really easy last year when you saw Malik McLean on one side and you saw Parchment on the other, or you saw them both split out wide to know what we were going to do. McDonald was going to go into the middle on a post to try to create some room there. Malik was your only fade, your only fade threat. I mean, Parchment didn't have, he's not that small, but he just didn't have the physicality to run those big guy routes. But you put a deuce span who's six foot four on one side and a Malik McLean on the other, or you take um, Johnson who's six foot set or Johnny Wilson, I'm sorry, who's six foot seven and you put him on one side and you put Malik in the slot and you can kind of sit, you can do a scissor concept, all those kinds of things. You're going to see, I think a lot more big men on the outside, stretching the field vertically from the midfield and go into the corners when you're in the red zone. So I think that touchdown wise, my money's going to be on Malik McLean. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him score I, I don't know. I'd set the over under four and a half touchdowns this year. I think he's going to have a really good year down by the end zone. Yeah. Um, with Malik, I don't think it's going to be Malik McClain, but I do think he definitely has that three and done kind of mentality, kind of skill set. He is a bigger body. He, we saw flashes last year of his high, very, very high ceiling. I don't think Deuce Span is going to have that great of an impact this coming season, primarily because he was recruited as a quarterback. He's still transitioning. And as far as we know, Dugans might still be back here for this next year, and I don't trust him to develop wide receivers or anything. And also, I'm kind of worried that Deuce Bam might be having some of those practices or some QB plays, and I'd rather him fully focus on being a wide receiver. But I personally think it's going to be Johnny Wilson. I really, really like the frame that he has. Six foot seven, like you were saying. Very, very fast. Great hands. You saw the clip of him with catching the pass. That was probably above his head That from A.J. Duffy. That was an absolute rocket of a throw. And I'm excited to see that. I wanted him to move into tight end, but I don't think he has the frame for that. I don't think he's like you know big enough for that. But maybe, maybe he can fill out actually after being here for a spring, so he can definitely prove me wrong. It's happened numerous times on this program. And also, I think the next factor is the guy that actually is out there recruiting right now, and Michael Pittman. I think Michael Pittman is yeah. definitely someone that's going to probably work his way into the lineup, like we talked about. I think last week with Keyshawn Helen probably being your number two. But I definitely see Michael Pittman being an asset not only as a wide receiver. For gadget plays, we see it all the time in all of his highlights, but also in definitely in the punt return game as well. Yeah, Micah Pittman's punt return number one. That's that that has to be a thing this year. If I see anyone else back there catching punts during the first game, I'll be very surprised. And Drake, I want to flip what you said about Johnny Wilson, Arizona State transfer, uh, six foot seven inches tall, and and I want to spin the negative into a positive. I don't think it's that he can't fill out and get that big. I just don't think he needs to. 
yeah, most yeah, that's six what I mean, foot yeah. seven guys yeah. go. Yeah, I just you know most six foot seven guys they go tight end because they they don't have the quickness or the agility to play receiver. And we've now seen on video he does. But again, guys, this 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 wide receiver room to me is very interesting, right? There's really no tangible proof that any of them can be any good other than Winston Wright Jr. But if you watch their tape, because I know someone's going to pull that and say I was talking trash about the wide receivers. If you watch their tape, if you look at their stats, or their stats, I'm sorry, if you look at their high school stats and you just kind of look at their measurables, it's like these guys could all be very, very good at wide receiver. So I think it's probably your most, your, uh, not mercurial because it's not going to go back and forth, but it is your like biggest delta between floor and ceiling of any position on this team. But I think it might, frankly, have your highest ceiling next to quarterback. Yeah, I can agree with that. I actually like everyone that we brought in and we probably aren't done yet. As you can see, Micah Pippen out there is doing more recruiting. And I think anyone on the staff that's not named Alex Atkins right now on, on, on the timeline. I mean, he was FaceTiming Jermaine Burton, the wide receiver from Georgia that just entered the portal. Now, granted, I don't think we're going to land him because I think he has offers at Alabama and Georgia. I'm sorry, no, Georgia at LSU. His former coach actually that recruited him is at LSU now. So, thing with that. But I do like actually the overall the makeover that we've seen at the room. Yeah, no, agreed. And again, I, I I think someone made this point today, and I don't remember if it was you guys or if it was Corey Clark or if it was um, the guys over at two four seven because I had an I had a flight today and I listened to like four podcasts. Um, but Dylan Gibbons wasn't on your roster until summer. I think that might have been you that said that, and that was you. And then Andrew Parchment was not on your roster until summer. Now, Andrew Parchment and I, we had our, you know, you know, I there were things he did that didn't make me happy, but we'll always have fourth and 14. And he was a pretty darn good player for you for only being here for one year. So there will be pieces picked up in April, in May, that we will be able to celebrate. Real quick, guys. I got to give a shout out to our friends over at betonline.ag because I know that the weekend is coming up. The weekend is getting ready for action and y'all need something to do on Saturday, Sunday. And is there a Monday playoff game this week? Who cares? No, there's not. I wish, I wish there was. I want to, I want another Manning cast. Dude, I love the Manning cast. Oh, they had the rock on there. He's hilarious. Anyway, folks, if you're looking forward to having the best weekend you possibly can, you got NFL all queued up and you are ready to watch game after game after game after game. That's right. There are four big time games this weekend make it a little more exciting put some action on it go to betonline.ag and use promo code locked on to get a 50 percent welcome bonus so if you put in a hundred bucks they will give you 50 bucks and now you've got 150 to put on the bills plus two and a half in arrowhead and watch yourself make 150 dollars when the bills mafia pulls down the w betonline.ag Promo code locked on. Bills Mafia. No table is safe. And that's why he's retired, folks. True. Yep. College college fund wasn't going to survive my my piss poor gambling. Um cool. So folks, look, I love doing these episodes. I like the con I like the the back and forth. I really do. I hope y'all enjoy the content. Um I like that, you know, it's a little more relaxed because it feels like we're engaging with you and not performing for you. It's it, it just is. It's less performative and more conversational. So please, if you're listening and you want to talk about something, even if it's something we've already covered, leave some comments down below and let us know what you want to hear about on the show. We've got a long off season and the off season is dark and full of terrors.
And together, we will light our swords on fire and we will get through it. I promise. No resurrections needed. Other than the resurrection of this football program. That'd be nice. It would be nice. But let's go to our last question of the day. Well, comment of the day, amateur overlord. <laughs> nice. I don't think this should bring in another QB. We already are three over on a scholarship count. Ride with Travis if he gets hurt. Go with Duffy or, Duffy or Rodemaker and bring in Parsons next season. Now, I kind of wanted to bring that up for what is you? What do you make of, because right now we are a few scholarships over the kind of the cap limit, but I also kind of want your take on Chris Parsons because I know how much you love following how the recruiting and statistics and the development of 17-year-old teenagers in different states for cultural purposes. Yeah, yeah, you know me, man. Um, I actually do follow the quarterback recruiting. I'm a sucker for it. I can't help it. Um, it's, it's hard not to get excited, right? I think that Chris Parsons has the potential to be a very college-ready quarterback. Now, I am an old-school guy in the sense that I don't believe freshmen should start. Jameis didn't start. Johnny Manziel didn't start his true freshman year. Uh, There's a reason they give them the caveats, right, of being redshirt freshmen. A lot of great players need to still develop to the college speed, right? For linemen, it's bulk. For, For linebackers, it's size and strength. For quarterbacks, it's the speed. The guys are moving faster both on the other team and on your team. Now, does that mean it can't happen? No. But who's the last true freshman that started that did a really great job? I got two names for you, Drake, and correct me if I'm missing someone. Bo Nix and Sam Ellinger. Trevor Lawrence. Neither of them. Who? Trevor Lawrence. Okay, fair. Fine. What exception that proves the rule here? You got Bo Nix. You got Sam Ellinger. Sam Howell. And you have you have Trevor right, and then you have Sam Howell. Who look, look Sam Howell had a pretty good, a decent career. I'll give him that statistically. But okay, what did they do with him? They their best season. They lost four games. Great, congratulations, guys. Well done, Mac Brown. Never beat Florida State. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, I want to touch on the part about being three scholarships over and what do you do about that? I don't think you do anything about that. I don't think you're going to have to do anything about that. I think that, I think that that problem is going to take care of itself. I think you have kids who maybe already don't love playing third string, fourth string on this team. They probably like all that Tallahassee has to offer, but every day in practice that coaches don't really pay much attention to you and they make you run extra sprints for doing the same thing that another guy was doing that he didn't have to run sprints for, it starts to get more and more obvious where you're headed in this whole deal. So I think that problem's going to take care of itself. I'm, I'm not too worried about it, but I do think it's a good point that you do have other positions of need. So I'm going to take your question one further and put words in your mouth if you told me you could get a transfer at offensive tackle or at linebacker or quarterback, quarterback is my third priority out of those three, right? Linebacker, offensive tackle, quarterback's number three down here. I do think there are higher there are positions that are a higher degree of need more urgently, especially if, and I'm not saying I hate the staff. I'm not saying the staff's it's the staff's fault, but we've been hurt so many times, especially if, we don't land Chris Parsons, but if he comes in and we know he's coming in and we know Duffy's and we hear Duffy's developing. Yeah. I, I I'd like to have a quarterback, but I'm, I'm not going to lose a ton of sleep over it. If we take someone else. Just, yeah. And then with the, the scholarship count, I mean, I'm going to take a phrase that Josh Newbrook says all the time over on two, four, seven, the numbers always work themselves out. And as Max has alluded to, 
I mean, if you can watch our wide receivers episode, you can see there's some names that are not on the depth chart that we just, you know, didn't even think of. There are some names also probably for DBs as well. I wouldn't be surprised if after tour duty, after the spring game, you probably see a lot more kids actually enter the portal because they kind of see the writing on the wall and they're being passed up by people in their, their two classes or maybe even three classes ahead of them too. I mean, it's just, that's how it works. And quite frankly, if you're not going to play here, you might as well go somewhere if you want to get playing time, if that's your ultimate, you know, your goal in life. And then with Chris Parson, I do think it's kind of like, I'm one of those people that I've always believed that you're never committed until you actually sign the paper. And I do think it's kind of unfair how some people are kind of holding that, you know, oh, you know, he's not, whenever here, whenever I see locked in, he's not locked in. I'm like, I know we're all, you know, still PTSD and got the shock factor from the Travis Hunter thing that happened like last month. But I do truly think that Chris Parson will definitely be someone to come in here and take over. Because like I said before, I think Duffy is going to be the Christian Ponder. This program actually kind of really does need. And then I think Chris Parson can be what EJ Manuel, well, you know, we were supposed to be aside from spinning in the sacks. That's the one thing I, I don't think we're going to be seeing actually come 2023. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I think that... I think that's spot on, man. I'm all I'm all good with where we're at right now. We can we can move on. Um, but OT's number one, though. I, I need I want to tackle. Yeah, I mean we need we need one. This offensive line, I will say, is uh, it's like they should be getting better, and we hope that they get better. And we know they have the coach that can get them better, and we know they have the strength coach that can get them better. The question is, though, are you going to have the five starters get better? And no one else. So again, if someone goes down, even if it's for two, like, let me put it this way. What what if it's third and second and five and we get a two yard gain and the left tackle goes down, right? Bless Harris, probably, hopefully, or he's probably gonna play on the right side, but he's going to be a sixth lineman. He's not starting. All right. Well, whatever your left tackle goes down. We don't have the depth like we did last year. I don't have the depth chart in front of me on who's starting on what sides, but you have to bring in someone that has no capability of blocking and you take a six yard sack. And now what looks like it could have been a touchdown drive. You're punting. That changes the entire momentum of a game. So we've got to bolster that offensive line. And again, y'all have heard my thoughts about the linebackers. You need guys that can cover the middle of the field. Right now, your only decent coverage linebacker is Kalen Deloach. And sometimes, just depending on, I, I don't know if Mercury's in freaking retrograde, Amari Gaynor gets good at coverage. But half the time, he's awful. Half the time, he's great. And there's no real middle ground with him. So, but we did get Tatum Bethune at the portal, and Tatum Bethune yep. is a great, great pickup for coverage situations. He's also sure. great as a pass rusher, and that's someone that, in my personal opinion, should be starting alongside Kalen Deloach and Amari Gainer. And hopefully, he can start slowly bring along DJ Lundy too out of that, you know, his one role as being a thumper. Yeah, but no, I agree. But you look at it right, and you're going to, let's say the other team runs 60 snaps on average a game, 12 games, so you're going to face 720 snaps. Like, Tatum Bethune, if he replicates his snaps, yeah, he had 105 tackles, which is a seventh of the plays, but that means six sevenths of the plays, he's not going to be able to make the stop for you. You need other guys that can do it. I think you have some good pieces in the backfield. The problem is we can't let runs get to the safety level every single time. Like you're, We can't have a repeat of, what I'm saying is we can't have a repeat of two, three years ago where Homsen Asfeldine was your leading tackler because he was the only one that could stop the run. But that meant every run was getting five, six, seven yards before they were getting hit. Can't be that. But anyway, folks, we appreciate y'all hitting us with the questions. If you have questions, comments, concerns, conversation starters, or you just want to tell us, like our boy Mike, that you believe this team is going to win 10 games and Mike's got us, I hope you're right. Your lips to God's ears, brother. Go ahead and leave it down below. 
I'm Max. That was Drake. And this was Locked On Seminoles. We will see y'all next week. Take care, everybody.